0: If you dare. The numbers
3: told the story they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on Visa. It's One of those idiots who believe in analytics.
1: Good Monday morning to you. This is a numbers game at Visa, the sports betting network, Visa.com. the Visa app, Fubo, Sling, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV. It's Gil Alexander. Jeff Parlay is here as well. Super wild card weekend. More like Pooper Wild Card Weekend. Thank God for betting, Jeffrey. Because if betting didn't exist, thank God God created betting. What was that, Deuteronomy? I think it was. Because without betting, my goodness. But because there's betting, that was spectacular, as always. But really, three of the five games uh, this past weekend just blowouts. One of them marred by officiating. And then we had the... uh, The Coup de Gras, the Cowboys and the Niners, as we figured it would be. But maybe not the gaff fest that we uh, figured it would be. Jeff, you're you're, your favorite of all of these this past weekend. By the way, on the show, Christy Andrews, second hour, I should mention. He'll come and join us. We'll go blow by blow through all these games. We'll tell you what the guesses were, what the lines are, of course. And Drew Dinsick will join us because it is MLK Day. So full day of basketball. Australian Open. By the way, I started one in three yesterday, but all were all were dogs, so not that big of a loss. And we'll talk football with him.
3: What did you like best yesterday, Jeff? What was the biggest one for you? Result-wise or just in general? For your betting, what was your biggest? Oh, for, for for in general, the uh the best game of the weekend ended up being Philly and and Tampa Bay. Because the total still snuck in right at that forty-six. So, a lot of those early numbers were, went under. Late numbers went under as well. Um, and uh, the Dallas-San Francisco game, I just uh, <laughs> had my Dallas pre-flop bet, had one Dallas in-game number that ended up uh, pushing on the six, and that was that.
1: That was my biggest win of the weekend. Niners against the number. Niners money line. Whew, no sweat there at the end. You and I just before this were going through off the top of our heads all the gaffes of the fourth quarter. And I think there's multiple gaffes for both teams. We'll talk about all of that again with Chrissy coming up. Let me let me ask you this. Uh, great question from E, who by the way you can hear hear all of E's thoughts on Odds On Daily with Mike Palm. But if you he, he had a great question at the end of at the end of the day yesterday that he texted me, he said, "What's a more?" I'm not sure what his exact wording was, but there's a little sports radio here at the top, Jeff. What's a more Empty feeling. Dallas Cowboy fans losing on the Dak Prescott. I'm going to run it up the gut with 14 seconds left and not be able to get off another play to see if we might have been able to win this playoff game. Or San Francisco Giants fans after winning 107 regular season baseball games and then in a wild card game against the Dodgers. One-two count to Wilmer Flores. Wilmer Flores, who was the best player in the NL on one-two counts the entire season, down two-to-one to the Dodgers. Scherzer does not have his stuff. I believe it was, I don't know who was up at bat right before. I think it was Lamont Wade before Wilmer Flores, who raked one. Looked like it was going to be an extra base hit, but it wasn't. It was a runner on first. And then the check swing that wasn't called. Where you don't get to naturally play out the end of that? What's whose empty feeling was emptier? San Francisco's. I agree. Not even close. <laughs> I agree. I said the same thing because it, most people don't like baseball as much, so they're not going to remember it. I think you're right.
3: Because Dallas, it was their own screw ups that cost them at the end. Yes, that was just a an all time botch by it, uh, by an umpire that uh, in the, the season now. Four is probably doesn't do anything anyway, but you never know. You never know in that sport. In you never be, know.
1: Literally the best weighted on base of anybody who had won two counts in the National League. So you can't say that, right? You never know what happens. Can't strike that guy out in those situations. But that was brutal yesterday. And so off the top of our heads, we're going through the fourth quarter. There was, there was so much. The, the Niners on both of those fourth and shorts... The first fourth and short with under three minutes left. Again up twenty three to seventeen. The one where Van Der Esch stops Debo short. Great tackle by Van Der Esch. and then the Niners just take a delay. Just was, I don't think enough was made of that on the broadcast. Like what? What? What just happened? They didn't run a play. It wasn't even like. It wasn't even a half-hearted attempt to get the Cowboys to jump offside. Then they took a. Was a, excuse me, it was, a, was it a false start first and then a
3: delay on that one?
1: Or that was but just I, a I, delay? The punt
3: was a delay and then a false start.
1: Okay, so they just took the delay and then a false start, right? The false start was sort of irrelevant at that point. But a delay on that. where I was like, oh my God, they're going to punt the ball. Well, that was ridiculous. And then, of course, after the Cowboys were stopped, which we'll get into again, play by play, blow by blow later. The one where Debo looks to have had the first down. A replay reverses that. Were you okay with the reversal on the replay? I think I was. He was short by a millimeter. Yeah. But they got it right. They got it right. And then they do the whole nine-time pro bowler Trent Williams. Why don't we do this funky thing where you move from the left side of the line to the right side? And then he never really truly got set. That's a penalty. Oh, my God. And then, of course, the result of Dallas's, the coup de grace being the Dak Prescott, I'm going to run it up the gut with 14 seconds left in the game and think we're going to just easily get another playoff. I have no, I have no sympathy for that. By the way, and, and after the game, McCarthy, how many times on this show, first of all, Jeff, did we say the McCarthy tax copyright and numbers game, Visa and the Sports Betting Network? The McCarthy tax, the fact that they were not buttoned up, 14 penalties in that game. Remember the Raiders game on Thanksgiving? 14 then, too. 14 yesterday. And the fact that you don't have the wherewithal to know that that's not what you're supposed to do. They blamed analytics, by the way, for that afterwards. You hear that? McCarthy saying it was analytics. It's like the least analytic thing in the world. After a season where people blamed analytics wrongly for everything, even though they have no idea what analytics are. That's the that's the, the the final the final straw on that. But how about Dak afterwards? Dak, who's supposed to be this great guy, sort of encouraging hooliganism almost at the end afterwards. Yeah, fans were right. They should have thrown whatever he said. It's terrible, terrible look. Let me ask you this. And by the way, here here's what we're gonna do next segment. We're gonna do something we rarely do, and it didn't really come into play this weekend. But we're, we're going to do because so many games are decided by place kickers. Jeff, we power ranked everything else in the world. You know, what we're going to power rank the remaining nine place kickers in the postseason, nine because the Rams and the Cardinals haven't played yet tonight.
3: You have an issue with the rankings? Too? Well, I will say your rankings will be different. I, I don't have a graphic. We have yours on a graphic. OK, yours are definitely different than mine. Mine were all based on the numbers.
1: Whether, who you come down to trust in the end, that's a a personal decision, I guess. In the end, do you think the right, well, again, there's nine, so I can't really say it's a clean eight, because we have a game tonight. Do you have a play on tonight's game at all? No. It's the one I want no part of. But I think I'll be on the Cardinals by game time. Rams don't have safeties. Eric Weddle is starting at safety for the Rams tonight. Do you think the correct nine teams are left? Let's just say it's the, the, whoever wins the Rams Cardinals. Do you think the correct eight teams are left? Or who's, who's the biggest disappointment, since we'll talk about games moving forward with Chrissy later, of the teams that have been eliminated? We already said in the, in the regular season it was some, some choice of Vikings, Colts, Chargers, and Browns. Now that we're through the wild card round, who do you add to that
3: list? Well, based off the results, the only one you can add is Dallas. Because they're the only favorite to have lost. Now you can you can go through the weekend and say the Patriots getting totally lambasted was a shock. The Eagles were horrible until that game was thirty to nothing, and the Bucks stopped playing. The thing is, we had we had Eagles, Steelers, and Raiders 12 13 yeah. yeah like like I, look, the Raiders the Raiders did good to hang in that game. I don't think Carr played all that well, and they only lost by a touchdown. Um, How bad? Up- so that game, right? Because there were
1: three blowouts, right? And then I said the fourth was marred by officiating. How bad was that in terms of just game flow? In the end, and you look at the box score, it wasn't like the biggest and wasn't the most amount of penalties you'll ever see in a game. But but ultimately, it was such a clunky game because they everything was a stoppage. And of course, the biggest thing in there, the whistle that apparently wasn't according to Jerome Bulger and staff. Yeah, we'll we'll let that count. I'm sorry, go ahead, Jeff.
3: I was gonna I was gonna say if you let Jerome Boger get big games, you're going to get that. No more after that, though. Yeah, just uh the uh, probably the worst longtime official that still uh, still is there at this point. No, but but look, to answer your original question, though, it has to be Dallas because the other teams that lost, Pittsburgh and Philadelphia, were not playoff quality. Not good. They were not playoff quality. The Raiders did very well to get to this point in general, and played the closest game, and had a shot to uh, had a shot to tie the game at the end. Which, by the way, low key one thing that got totally missed because of that game, the spike on first and goal was the worst play of that game by a wide margin.
1: And that's on Derek Carr.
3: That's on everyone. That's on spike, car, especially, though. Spike on first down, they, first and goal at the one, at the nine. They had plenty of time. They ended up ha- snapping the fourth down play with 17 seconds. They didn't need to do that. They could have run a play. Yeah, 30 seconds. some yards.
1: 30 seconds from the nine-yard line is an eternity. Yeah,
3: just n- not good at all. But Dallas is the only one that you add to the list. Look, I would argue, based off of the list that we had, if you're Indianapolis and you're the Chargers and you watched how the Patriots – and the, and the Steelers looked over the weekend. You're watching those games uh, and like, how in the heck did we miss the playoffs? And well, how did these those, guys get in?
1: Jeff, those aren't NFL-quality offenses. Like, they're just not. The P- Pittsburgh and Philadelphia are brutal. It's, it's probably some of the worst, maybe two of the worst offenses you'll ever see in a postseason ever.
3: Well, don't, don't tell Twitter that Jalen Hurts isn't any good, Gil. No, boy. Don't do that. Let me just say this. I'll harken back to week 18. Thank God
1: the Niners came back from 17 down against the Rams. Because otherwise we would have subjected to both the Saints and the Eagles. Now we have the one team in the NFC that is built to beat the Packers at Lambeau. But questions on the defensive line might mar that for the Niners with both Bosa and uh, Warner and linebacker, actually. Line and linebacker.
0: Coming back. Field goal kickers next. if you dare.
1: Football playoff season is here and it's time to download BetMGM Sports. It is Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM, with all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odd specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada, whatever your sport, whatever your betting style. You're gonna love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be twenty-one or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem call one 800 Five two two forty seven hundred. We get tweets at beating the book. Tim Thompson, income tax comes due April fifth. The McCarthy tax is paid by Cowboys fans in January. Tim, very true, very true indeed. Uh, this is from uh, uh, Why so serious? With only three weeks of games left, we will not call any of the games bad. We can bash the officials, but come March, we will be crying for football. You're right about that, brother. You are right about that. We'll take football in any way we can, but again, if it's not, for, if it's, if it weren't for betting, the point remains. D Gen Southern Gen. I don't know how you do it, man. Trying to watch all the NFL action and taking in as much Australian Open as I can has me all discombobulated. Any tips on adjusting my sleep schedule for the next two weeks? Thank you in advance for any picks. Tennis picks coming up. Nope, just great to be alive. Football playoffs, Australian Open, full day of basketball today. Mark Geiger. Talking about my, uh, and then God created betting comment. He says it actually started in Exodus. Joshua played the yes minus 260 on uh, Will Ramsey's come after us prop. Moses, believing he was special, took the uh, no plus 190 or plus 180. Moses paid off with a pillar of, uh, of, uh, <laughs> of wine and mana. A little uh, biblical humor is what that is. Matthew Mayberry, Gil, the biggest mistake made. This is, I love the debates of what was the biggest mistake. Here you go, Jeff. Matthew Mayberry. Gil, the biggest mistake made was Shanahan not going for two when they went up 22-7. to seven. If you go for two, you make it a three-score lead. If Dallas scores at the end, they end up winning by one. I didn't have as much problem with that as I did with Shanahan kicking that chip shot field goal earlier on a fourth and short. I thought San Francisco should have gone for it in the first – was that in the first half?
3: Shanahan kicked two field goals on fourth and one, Yeah, which were mistakes – even though they ended up uh, in winning in part because of those two. But that didn't even cross my top five of mistakes no, made in that game. I agree. Even though I don't disagree with the sentiment. I, I understand the sentiment, but I,
1: and I remember, we talked about it at the time. We were texting back and forth about it. I didn't have any problem with it at the, at the time. Uh, he goes on to say, and I know everyone is going to kill McCarthy, and rightfully so, uh, most times, but the players have to be held responsible for not keeping uh, for, for uh, to not keep making mistakes and having that many penalties. That's on the players. It was ridiculous. Well, it's on the players. But what's the Lombardi line? If you're not coaching it, it's going to what was it? If, if you're not coaching it. What's his line again? If you if you're not coaching it, it's happening or something like that. He's he's right. I mean, it's part of that's coaching. Uh, Trip Tepper, the broadcast never mentioned that you need to save two seconds on a running clock to allow time to spike it. When you have the clock at 14, you really have 12 seconds to execute a play, which isn't enough time for a play inbounds to occur. I, I felt like Nance got it in the moment better than Romo did initially. I think Romo like took a beat to figure out, oh, yeah, he, should. he probably shouldn't have done that. Anyway, on and on. We'll read some more tweets later because there's a whole bunch of them already this morning. We appreciate it. Uh, okay, so Jeff, on primetime action the other night, you know, it's just me, Matt Brown, Kelly Bidlin. We're just we're batting things back and forth. And we broke down those five, six, obviously six games tonight with tonight's game. And, you know, every which way you can, you do 25 hours of radio. And finally on Friday night, I was like, you know what we never talk about? We never talk about kickers. For a game, for, for a sport in which games are decided more often than not by your field goal kickers, and I'm going to raise my hand as being just as guilty of this as anybody. We rarely break down when we're talking about handicapping games. Well, I think they're going to do this on offense, and I think they're going to exploit this on defense. Yeah, but what if everything's even out, and it just comes down to which kickers you trust the most? So we break down the final nine kickers, obviously, because there's, there's a game to be decided tonight. The remaining nine kickers in the uh, NFL. And by the way, pour out of 40 for Daniel Carlson- Nick Folk, I'm trying to think who went down yesterday, Jake Elliott, Greg Zerline, and, of course, Chris Boswell. Goodbye, you're out of the playoffs as well. But here are the—yes, I'm sorry, sir.
3: Oh, you got rid Uh, of
1: four elite uh, kickers there, Gil. Yeah, one one will go down tonight. Great kickers all around the league. But of the remaining nine, let's break them down. Ninth, the worst, I think, of the rest. Is there any doubt that it's Mason Crosby by stats? Mason Crosby of the Packers, the number one seeded NFC Packers, 25 of 34 on kicks this year on field goal attempts, 73.5%, by far the lowest percentage of any of the kickers remaining, and by the way, he was 9 of 13 between 30 and 39 yards, 4 of 8 between 40 and 49, he was good beyond 50, 3 for 4 made 49 of 51 extra points, but nine of 13 between 30 of 39, uh, between 30 and 39 yarders, four of eight between 40 and 49. I think by far, statistically, he's the worst of the bunch. Guess who's eight? The other number one seated kicker, meaning a kicker of a number one seated team, Randy Bullock of the Titans, who was eight of 13 between 40 and 49 yards and was only asked to attempt one 50-plus yarder all year. He sunk it, by the way. And he missed three extra points, 42 of 45 this year. Number seven of the number two-seeded Buccaneers, Ryan Suckup, who missed missed one from 30 to 39, missed three, was seven of 10 from 40 to 49, and was only asked to kick one field goal beyond 50 yards all year, and he missed it. By the way, also missed three extra points, 56-59, of 59. though he made everything yesterday. Field goal and four extra points. You agree with 9, 8, and 7? Nope. What, what, what don't you like? You trust Mason Crosby in a playoff situation?
3: I, I do not trust Randy Bullock under any circumstance in big spots. He's my number nine. It's not close for me. Crosby, look. Not by those look, stats. Is look, not, Crosby, I, I know you sounded awfully confident. Hold on now. I know you sounded awfully confident and chesty about it, but not by those stats. No, is no, not. no, no, no. Let, let me let me finish my point here. Come yeah, on. Yeah. Crosby, every year, has a three-game stretch where he forgets how to kick. And we saw that earlier in the year, especially one quarter against Cincinnati, where him and Evan McPherson, who we'll get to later here, absolutely forgot how to kick. So, for me, Crosby gets dragged down by really a bad three-game stretch. Bullock, we have history here where he does not make clutch kicks, except for earlier in the year against Seattle and Indy. And I'm not, I am not. don't want the ball on Bullock's foot at the end of them. the Titans backer, no way.
1: I called Bullock the worst on primetime action the other night. Then upon review of the numbers, there's no denying
3: it's Crosby. I'll take him, I'll take him in a big spot over Bullock, even with the numbers.
1: Well, here's what I will give you. They don't have, I don't know if Bullock has any range, right? Bullock and Suckup, that's the problem. We don't know if they have range. I don't, I don't, I don't disagree with you, by the way. Suckup seven. Do you agree with Suckup at seven? Yeah, that's about right. Okay, now six to two, six to one, there's going to be a lot of debate here. I had Tyler Bass ending up at six because he ended up only kicking two for four from 50-plus. He had every extra point during the regular season, and then he missed two, almost missed three yesterday. Or, excuse me, Saturday. Tyler Bass missed one from 30 to 39, missed one from 40 to 49, only 50% from 50-plus. Ryan Gould of the Niners, fifth, but only because he kicked so much, so many fewer attempts. He had, had so many fewer attempts than anybody. 20 of 23, 87%, though. But it's hard to... He can't be any lower than five, but I'm not sure you can put him higher. When we flip this we go four, three two one. Prater fourth lowest percentage besides Mason Crosby because he missed two between 30 and 39, two between 40 and 49. He was seven or seven for 10 from 50 plus. And then Evan McPherson at three three two one I mean, what do you do? Evan McPherson has been so good. The only reason he ends up three is because he was six of nine from 40 to 49, but he was nine of 11 from 50 plus this year. Butker, 89.3% field goal percentage only missed one between 40 to 49, seven of nine from 50 plus. And then Matt Gay, Jeff, I put it one just because he, he almost never missed. He was 32 of 34, 94.1% is by far the best field goal percentage of the bunch. Seven of eight from forty to forty-nine, four or five from fifty-plus. Who's your number one? Butker. I can't argue with. I mean, I can't argue. If you picked any of the top three, four, five, how can you argue?
3: Butker or Gold would be one, two, in some order. Matt Gay does hasn't missed this year, so there's nothing you could do with that, right? Yeah, there's nothing you can do with that, even though you don't have the really have the playoff past history with him. Who
1: do you not trust in the end, besides Bullock?
3: Besides Bullock, it gets a little tougher because everyone else, is, even though Bass had a, a weird game on Saturday, it didn't matter. Do you really trust Crosby in the end? Now, I trust him more than I trust him more than Bullock. I'm not sure. I trust again, I'm, I, 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 ask me how I feel if, if if Crosby has to make a kick to beat San Francisco at the end. Well, that's what in I in the mean. moment. Ask me how I feel in that moment.
1: What's interesting is that I think you, I think seven, eight, nine, throw him up in the air. One through six kind of throw them up in there. It's pretty interesting, though, because most teams have an elite kicker, and it's more of the outlier when you don't, which is what makes Bullock so interesting there. Drew Densick joins us next. MLK Day in basketball, Australian Open and football. It's a numbers game at Visa, the sports Bet.
2: The numbers game with Gil Alexander on v the sports betting
1: network. v has a great new offer to help make this your best betting year ever. It's our all-new big game, big dance special, providing v Plus all access to everything we do from now through April 5th for only $69. Sign up now and get our daily best video, uh, Bailey... Daily best bet emails, pardon me, 24-7 video access, the upcoming big game and college hoops betting guides, plus full access to Visa.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every game. It's one of the most exciting betting seasons of the year, so don't miss out on one of the best deals of the year. Visit Visa.com slash big deal to sign up today. We get tweets at beating the book. Tim Thompson, great question. What we're asking earlier about what what's a more deflating end to your season, that of the San Francisco Giants or that of the Dallas Cowboys, meaning not having it play out to its natural end. Uh, Tim Thompson, great question, and I'm a Cowboys and Giants fan. It was yesterday by far, partly because of what it was uh, the end of, a magical – oh, no, he was saying it was Giants by far. This doesn't make any sense. Partly because of what it was, the end of a magical 107-win season or another Cowboys failure. If Jerry owned Apple, he would hire the night manager from Radio Shack as CEO. I'm not sure which Tim Thompson ended up deciding on with that asian lebowski chiming in today as both a gambler and former college player whose teammate is a coach often mentioned on a numbers game uh, if you're going to run up the middle you have to let the officials know before you do if so they're ready to spot the ball otherwise season over yep the better life so do you think the hanging of analytics for bad decisions is going to hinder the use of a league uh, the use of it league-wide or do you think this is a sign that analytics are being taken seriously and just need to be framed properly Uh, It's a great question from Tim Lawson at The Better Life. Tim, I think the dolt who blame blame analytics for stuff that has nothing to do with analytics will slowly be weeded out, quite frankly. If analytics are wrong, at least get it right when it's analytics and when it's not analytics. Mike McCarthy's a dolt blaming that for analytics, blaming Dak's run on analytics. Uh, Brad, hey, are you hip to the Netflix documentary called Bad Sports? It's a must-watch. You seen that, Jeff, Bad Sports, Netflix? a few of them. Yeah, me too. Pretty good. Oh, Mike Zhang, uh, correcting me, he, he, I couldn't figure out what the Lombardi line was. He said, if you're not coaching it, you're allowing it to happen. Never truer than with the Cowboys yesterday. Uh, Tom Mass 313, without a doubt, Wilmer Flores not getting another strike was worse. This is from uh, Michael Lafon. Jarek McKinnon, another Brett Veach magic trick. Their fourth string running back was unbelievable yesterday. Bruce Dobigan adding, the way you practice is the way you'll play. Gives you an insight into what the uh, Cowboys and Raiders practice must be like. This is from Todd Bubba Horowitz. The Cowboys were an embarrassment from top to bottom. Unprepared for a playoff game is certainly on the coach first and then the playoffs. Of course, McCarthy was always in it. <laughs> okay. It's, a, it's disparaging Mike McCarthy. Uh, 702 AG. Worst kicker left, easy. Matt Brown is your winner. Matt Brown from Primetime Action who claims to be able to kick. He's gonna get three shot at a twenty-one yarder with his left foot, five chances at a 40 yarder with his correct foot. You betting on him or against him? Can I can I go what's the number on the offer completely there for Matt? We'll we'll make one for you. Uh let's see. This is also about your you about Bullock, Jeff. Says sounds like someone you are who over the years bet on a lot of the same games involving Randy Bullock as I have. Years have gone by, but the, lock of, uh, the look of Bullock's disappointment post-missed chip shot is still etched in my brain. And then this one is from NFL Capper, who says, Mason Crosby has made his last seven field goals, but the longest of them was 37 yards. I don't think the Packers trust him. He also missed an extra point indoors in Detroit Week 18. 25 for 34 on the season. Yikes. Uh, John, John Dillman, great kicker segment. It is Robbie Gould. Oh, did I say Ryan? I didn't mean to say Ryan. i meant to say Robbie. Uh, <laughs> I thought I said Robbie, didn't I? Maybe I missed that one. Uh, Joe Peta chiming in via text. Joe Pita said, brilliant segment idea about kickers. We do closers in playoff baseball. Why not kickers? However, that exact analysis led me to consistently bet against the Cowboys in the mid-90s Super Bowl years because of Lynn Elliott, and it never mattered. <laughs> Lynn Elliott reference from Joe Peta." We appreciate it. Drew Densick is here, everybody, at whale underscore capper from both the deep dive and bet the edge podcast. We bring him in now for bonus Densick. We have him tomorrow on his <laughs> normal spot. But because it was, you know, I I, I called you in because I was like, oh, it's Australian Open and it's football.
2: But you know what else yeah. I forgot about? It's MLK Day. MLK Day.
1: So yes. it's wall to wall hoops. You want to start
2: there? Do you have any plays? Yeah, sure. It's a great slate today. Yeah. Uh, you know, you look up and down the board, there's only one double digit spread on the slate. It's Dallas, Oklahoma city. I can actually make a case from Oklahoma city. I didn't bet that game, but uh, these should be some really competitive games all told. Um, I laid the chalk for, with uh, a couple of uh, favorites here on the road. I think Philadelphia is not getting the respect they deserve Re- reasonably full strength here. Their closing unit is unreal and they are going to wipe the floor with the Washington wizards. Uh, I laid the three there that should close like around. Four. Uh, I laid the four and a half with the Phoenix Suns. Suns continue to be a wagon. Uh, They're taking on a San Antonio team that, uh, about you know, there's there's no there's no real rest disadvantages to prey on today. The only two teams with rest advantages were Indiana and the Lakers, and those two teams are on the blacklist for me, so I don't bet them. Um, But uh, ultimately, uh, Philadelphia as a small favorite. Um, Phoenix is a small favorite and Miami as a small favorite are the three, uh, my three favorite looks on the card today. Wow.
1: Okay. So there you go. Philly, Phoenix, and Miami. Should Warriors fans be uh, worried by this five of seven <sighs> losses stretch?
2: I would only be worried because I think they have shown that they're making a priority to try to get the one seed in the Western conference. It looks to me at least like they care about that. And I don't think that they are punting these games, recognizing that they're going to be able to flip the switch in the playoffs like they have in years past. Um, And so I think there is a small cause for concern here. Obviously, Draymond Green is the straw that stirs the drink for them defensively. We've learned that pretty conclusively at this point. Uh, And him getting a second opinion on this calf injury and the herniated disc thing. That's a little spooky, I got to say.
1: Okay. Australian Open before we get to football. Uh, I started out one in three, I should add. Four dogs. Only one of them got home. Uh, Second one, I I was up two to one and up a break. That (sighs) didn't work out. Was that rune? I, that was rune. I was rune. with you on rune. That, that was, one stung. That one stung. That was tough. Uh, I had Nakashima. Nakashima had a set point to go up two sets to one. That never happened, and you know what happened after that. So you know, it was four big dogs in the end. Uh, when you go one or three of dogs, not the end of the world because you lose less than two units. I have three plays today. Do you want to? How'd you do yesterday? Total
2: pretty good. My, my heaviest action was on, uh, the young Sebastian Corda, uh, the nice next guy from the U S who you really want to see kind of take that next step. And boy, did he, do it. He did that. He, he won that uh, match um, convincingly uh, cam Norrie obviously not in especially great form. And you know what, actually the real key takeaway of yesterday's uh, action on the men's side was a lot of guys that really peaked in the fall, like late summer, fall, like had really strong us swings and into the, uh, the, um, uh, Russia, indoor hard court swing, uh, like. Cam Norrie, um, Lloyd Harris, um, you know, there was, a, even Kokonakis who, you know, was coming right off of a title victory, oh, like th- yeah. a lot of, a lot of no-shows from guys who really, um, did well late last season and probably are just here for a paycheck. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, and you know, yeah, it, guys who had secured ranking points that really were not at risk whatsoever. It's Cam Norrie is kind of the classic example. Like, you know, he's going to get, he, he's going to be fine, uh, for the balance of the, you know, the, the Europe swing in terms of his seeding because of what he did last fall. And uh, yeah, I did not look like he showed up ready to play that match whatsoever. Uh, And then the other major takeaway was, uh, man, uh, Nadal looked like he was in form. He's been looked overlooked in the futures markets for sure. Now his mm-hmm. path is so difficult. You're better off just kind of Moneyline uh, laying him along the way, if you believe in him. Um, and in the first quarter, I'm not sure who's going to, um, you know, I'm not sure who's ready to face uh, Alcaraz. <gasps> Man, yep. he put on twenty, twenty-five pounds of muscle mm-hmm. this off season. Uh, he looks like a completely different player, and uh, you know he looks like he's ready to make the leap this year.
1: Those are all such great points. The Nori thing. Good for you that you were on court. I stayed away from that. Um, Nori, yeah. For those who missed it, Nori was just spectacular at the end of last year. Um, that was, uh, by the way, I had Vukic. I didn't give it out. I had Vukic as a big dog yesterday. Ooh, nice one. Uh, yeah, that was a that was my biggest hit of all of them. But it's. You know th- that was based on his big serve, not the fact that his opponent was just going to sort of crumble, right? Um, but that th- those are really good takeaways at the end of last
2: year. What do you have today? By the way, I got seven plays in action, six or seven in action today. Um Only one on the women's side. I can't, and actually, maybe I'll save the women's one for last and get your your opinion on that. But on the men's side, uh, I'm taking on Kyrgios. Uh, he we, he hasn't won a match since uh, Atlanta um no idea what makes him a favorite over a guy in Liam Brody who came through qualifying very very impressively another qualifier that's being overlooked by the market is Timofey Skatov. yes he's taken on gombo Skatov is plus 142 on the money line I got him uh, at a little bit better price still better at plus 142 Brody I'm on the money line at plus 165. Um, there's a, uh, a, a, you know, kind of in the, in the theme of taking on guys who, uh, come into this tournament out of form year in year out. Ramos is at the top of that list. This is, you know, this is typically a, a tournament he shows up for a paycheck on. So I took, uh, I laid the games with Baez at minus four. Uh, and then uh, I see a very competitive match between Jan-Lenny Struf and van de Schoenschlup mm-hmm. uh, from, from the Dutch kid, BVDZ. I played an over 39 there. I think that's gonna be a four or five setter. Uh, and then I think Emil Roussevori uh, hangs with uh, Felix Algier aliassime And then, uh, what? yeah, what's your take on Kvitova? Why in the world is she warranting favorite status? What kind of form to expect from her?
1: Yeah, I, I I thought that fishy and stayed away. I'll give you my tennis picks here momentarily. See what you think about it because Skatov and Van de Zandt those aren't picks I'm giving out, but I'll probably end up on both of them based on the numbers as well. We'll come back. Football and tennis with Drew next.
0: If you dare. The
3: numbers game with Gil Alexander on v the sports betting network.
1: Bet- MGM welcomes you with a special offer on the Pro Football Playoffs. Simply place a $10 money-line wager on any game, and if either team scores a touchdown, you'll win $200 in free bets, regardless of your bet's outcome. Just use bonus code VSIN200 when you make your first bet. Enjoy the playoffs like never before and earn M-Life rewards that you can redeem at any MGM resort. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use bonus code VSIN200 to win $200 in free bets if either team scores a touchdown in a Pro Football Playoff game. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer, all promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi and Nevada. Gil Alexander with Drew Dinsick. Bonus Dinsick. Just got a tweet. I'm here for (laughs) bonus Dinsick. Uh, Drew will be with us uh, tomorrow as well. Australian Open football. We'll get to football here momentarily. Here are my three tennis picks for the day. One on the ladies' side, two on the men's side. The real challenge, Drew, for me is just mm-hmm. winnowing them down, right? Yeah, because yeah. you mentioned a couple in, in uh, what was it, on the, on the men's side. It was uh, Timothy Skadoff, where the numbers are just outstanding. But my sample size is such that in the end, I was just like, you know what, I'm not going to play. Just because if I start playing everything, I'll have 20 picks. <laughs> I still like <laughs> yes. your side there, though. I still like it a lot. Uh, you were saying about the a match. Um, you were saying, why is she favored by so much?
2: Well, I'm I'm not sure what she's doing, warranting favorite status at all in the first place. And they put her in the middle of the day. Uh, she's going to be out there in the heat, you know, in the Australian heat. She is clearly not in kind of physical, you know, she's, she doesn't have the physical fitness to go three sets in my opinion, at least at this point. So the
1: fact that we got, how about the fact that we got to watch these now on ESPN plus and not overnight, what was that
2: decision made? (sighs) I don't understand it. I really don't get Kills it. Me. Um, yeah, the, the 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 tennis doesn't seem to have its uh, its act together in no. the broadcasting sense yet. No. but
1: here here are my three. I went with uh, the Korean Su Jung Jang at plus one oh seven over Danka uh, Kovinich. Danka's numbers have been horrific, and uh, Su Jung Jang, primarily on uh, tour, on not on the main tour, has been just. Absolutely spectacular. I don't think the market truly accounts for her number here or her numbers here. So I took her at plus 107. I am taking Andy Murray at, uh, and I am laying the juice here at minus 189. Andy Murray just beat Nicholas Basilevski last week, I believe it was, or the week before, and he is not a guy to me that will turn around in a second match and lose. Andy Murray too much of the veteran to lose to Basilashvili plus his numbers are better than Nicolos' are Basileashvili, another one of these guys that had a great end of season last year, if you recall, Drew. And then Christopher O'Connell, I'm not sure if you can get this price anymore, minus 118, I think he's minus 130 last I checked, against Hugo Gaston. So those are my three. But ultimately, I liked a couple of yours as well. Should be fun today.
2: I dig the, uh, the Covinish fade. I didn't, I don't know much about Yang as a player, but uh, I'm not going to disagree with you there. Andy Murray look is solid. In fact, I'm, I haven't gotten involved in Andy Murray to do anything at this tournament, but, the case is there. I mean, the third quarter is the weakest. Mm -hmm. He's got a decent path here. Uh, He's, it's going to be tough for him. And we'll see, you know, he gets the day of rest in between each start. So that should help him kind of uh, to whatever degree he needs to be able to uh, find the fitness to get through uh, these best of five matches in the heat. But uh, it would be cool to see him do something awesome here. Uh, And then I definitely agree with you. O'Connell is the right side there.
1: And I did add Iga to win her quarter before the tournament started at plus 250. I thought that was the best quarter bet on the board, men's or women's, plus 250.
2: Nice, nice. Yeah, at this point, uh, the only thing I can add beyond what we talked about last week, and now we know, of course, Djokovic is not participating in this. And, oh, by the way, I'm not sure if you saw this news come across the wire, but France is not going to allow him to compete in the French Open. I just saw if that. If he does not get vaccinated, which and yep. there, are pl- there are plenty of books that have French Open odds mm-hmm. hanging there, and Nadal is in the plus 150 range. Believe me when I say there is no other player in the world who can That's- beat Rafa Nadal at Roland Garros, besides Djokovic. So if he is not in that field, plus 150 is going to look like minus 125-ish come uh, come June, and that's assuming that Nadal doesn't reach you know back into better form than he was last year. So if, Do- uh, if Dominic
1: if Dominic team showed up, would we give him a chance?
2: I mean, not this year. Not I mean, to year. me, he he's gonna he's gonna need to kind of get a full season of play back under his belt before he's at championship level. In my opinion, maybe he surprises us, but uh, I'm I think I'm mean, I'm not expecting 22 to be much more than him kind of warming up through the through the clay swing and maybe trying to make another run at the U.S. Open.
1: All right, divisional games. We have three of the four set up. Did you make a play yet in any of them?
2: I didn't. Uh, I'm interested in, with the market. Absolutely loving Tennessee to this point was not a, something I saw coming. I thought maybe that that would uh, open two and a half, find its way to three, and then we would sit at, see it sit at three all week. But uh, that to get to three and a half was somewhat surprising. Uh, Jeff,
1: I think Jeff that you agree with that, right? Jeff, Jeff, you thought that was going to be small too. Right? I thought
3: it was going to be two. I thought it was going to open two. And I'm, I'm with Drew. I'm shocked that it's already across three in most spots. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that seems like uh, something that's going to come back to earth as we go through the week. Cincinnati does not look to me, at least, like a team that's going to have a difficult time backing up the success we saw week one. Uh, and you know, for what it's worth, among all the young quarterbacks, even Dak Prescott, who don't have a ton of playoff experience, I. Joe Burrow acquitted himself the most uh, effectively, I thought, uh, over the weekend. So I'm not sure why he's going to show up, you know, no show in this spot. Um, Cincinnati's absolutely live. The uh, total in that one was also too low. I would have made that 49. It's 47. Um, San Francisco Green Bay is a it's probably should be six there's a little bit of enthusiasm here for san francisco based on the big upset and the fact that they were kind of the um you know that they were such a popular side last week everybody they got the four and a half three and a half never in doubt in that one um and so there's maybe a little bit of expectation that those people come back to the window and bet san francisco this week um this, it should probably be 60 considering the injuries they're dealing with and and taking Jimmy G and company up to Green Bay although as we talked about, San Francisco is kind of the one matchup Green Bay probably didn't want to draw mm-hmm. at any of these other teams coming to town you know in a freezing cold uh, situation you're feeling pretty good about your chances if you're Green Bay off of extra rest San Francisco is the one that you're a little bit uh, uh you don't match up especially well against because they can be so physical in the running game and uh, Green Bay plays such light. Uh, defensive boxes. So um, yeah, that one will be fascinating to see it play out. And then of course I'm, I'm team, uh, you know, I'm, I'm circle the wagons, Buffalo bills here all the way at this point. Uh, I don't Expect to take any of my liability off the table in this matchup. I love the way Buffalo matches up against Kansas City. Uh, expecting this total to get bet to the over. Uh, and I think that one stays under three. I would be shocked if there's enough Kansas City support here to get this up to three.
1: But no bets so far. No, None whatsoever.
2: I haven't placed anything yet, no.
1: If if I'm giving the Tampa Bay Buccaneers truth serum, who do they want to play?
2: Uh, the Cardinals. Do you have a play tonight? Yeah, you want the Cardinals to win tonight. Do you have a play tonight? I mean, Oh yeah, I'm on the Rams. You're on, on the Rams. Rams. That, yeah, That's right. I'm on the Rams. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. Rams, Rams all the way. Uh, I think the Rams are, yeah, the Rams are a more complete team. And in general, we've seen them put together very, very complete round one performances over the Sean McVay era. I doubt that they come in and don't have a couple of tricks up their sleeve to really put some pressure on Arizona and Arizona of course has uh, an outstanding quarterback in, in Kyler Murray, but no, no real help or support around him. No wide receiver help, but uh, you know, to be spoken of with Hopkins out of the game and uh, of course, he's he's playing without a head coach as well, which makes it difficult. I'll
1: tell you what my guesses were. I I thought Tennessee by four over the Bengals, but that's no surprise Ooh. to anybody because I've been in the tank for the uh, Titans all year. So I had Titans minus four over the Bengals. I had now this is before the Bosa Warner injury. kiniela. I was throwing this around with <laughs> Felica uh, and E. We were, we were saying, what do you think as that game was was concluded? We said, what would the line be? Uh, Felika said three, I Ooh. said probably four, but then when the, in, and, and he said four and a half and I said four and a half, if the Niners are full strength, give me the four and a half all day. But then the injury started mounting up and then you just like, well, I don't know now, right? You just have to know if Bosa and Warner are going and what their status will be on that. And then the other one that's, you know, been decided I had KC minus three. I was actually surprised that it was a little less than three because I thought people are just so gaga over the chiefs that no matter what the bills did on Saturday, it would still be three. Uh, That'll probably be two and a half, three toggling back and forth all week. Would you imagine?
2: Yeah, I don't think it gets to three. If it does, Mm -hmm. I would expect some pretty, uh, pretty uh, uh, aggressive Buffalo money to show Buffalo does the, the, the performance we saw last night from Kansas city, while, You know, you can't really take that was, it was kind of a, you know, as soon as they flipped the switch, that was never really in doubt. Um, But Pittsburgh was such a lesser opponent. And I think everybody recognized that, uh, that I don't think you really take, come out of that game feeling super about Kansas city. Uh, Whereas Buffalo's performance was so complete and their defense was as it, you know was as electric as what we've seen from them all season uh, i think there is a very strong case to be made that buffalo is the right side of that one
1: i said a few times down the stretch of the season i was like is the bu- are the buffalo bills the team that we've all sort of slept on like while yeah. we're looking at all these other shiny objects the hope buffalo, so. yeah. <laughs> by the way, i hope so by the way one last survivor comment how that team lose to jacksonville
2: Sweet. that is the that is the world wonders uh Anyway, I would have lost two or three
1: more times. Thank you, Drew. We'll talk tomorrow. Best of luck, guys. You too. May all the break points go your way in tennis today as well. Chrissy Andrews next. Numbers Game Visa, the Sports Betting Network.
0: At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field.